today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. What is faith? It is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance of it, because we have evidence proving it beyond any doubt, even though we can't see it. That's what faith is. Okay, so the Lord's saying, if you'll have that kind of faith, I know you don't see it, but believing is seeing. Because through the eyes of faith, we believe, we put our trust in Him. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. A popular trend these days is what's called the prosperity gospel. It's promising that if you believe it, then it will come about. Some claim this way of thinking is having faith. But today, Pastor J.D. sets the record straight on what true faith is. It's something you work at trusting God in from start to finish. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're currently in the amazing book of Hebrews, and I say amazing because it is amazing. We finished chapter 10, so we're going to pick it up in chapter 11, and only three verses today. Uh, You'll see why you know these verses well, beginning in verse 1, where the writer of Hebrews, by the Holy Spirit, writes, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, verse 3, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. All right, let's pray. If you would please join with me. Father in heaven, thank you so much. Lord, would you at this time, just as only you can and are always faithful to settle our hearts and quiet our minds so we can give you our undivided attention in this time that we have together here in your word, especially with this passage, these verses here in chapter 11, Lord. We need for the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of our understanding because we don't want to miss what it is that you desire to speak into our lives today, especially when it comes to faith, especially in these times in which we are living. Lord, thank you in advance for what you're going to do as we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk with you today about faith. And in so doing, I want to answer this question of do I really have faith? In our text today, the writer of Hebrews is 
turning a corner of sorts and going from addressing doctrine positionally to applying doctrine practically. In other words, the text that we have before us today has powerful, profound, personal application to our lives. And it's for this reason that the writer will first explain what faith is, what faith does, and then what faith has in terms of its personal application to our lives. So let's start with verse 1 and what faith is. Now, this is a well-known verse, often quoted, even memorized. It is the definition of faith, what faith actually is. What faith actually is, is this confident assurance. And I want you to listen to the wording here, because depending on your translation, different wording from the original language of the Greek New Testament. It is the confident assurance in the evidence, that's a strong word, evidence, proving with certainty, not beyond reasonable doubt, no, no doubt, with absolute certainty, the evidence proves what we hope for. It proves what we know will happen, though we can't see it. Now, I need to address an issue here because it is an issue. (laughs) So when we talk about faith being the substance of things hoped for, that derails us right out of the chute. Let me explain why. When you say it like that, it almost sounds like this. Faith is the substance of, I sure hope it happens. No, (laughs) that is not what it's saying, and that's not what faith is. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to yell, but it's not this, and I think about it in the context of the Apostle Peter when he says that we have this blessed assurance, the blessed hope. It's not this blessed, man, I sure hope the Lord's going to come back. That doesn't sound very, that sounds very tentative. Sounds to me like the jury is still out. The verdict is not yet in. So we really don't know. We just kind of hoping. No, that's not what this is. That's not what faith is. Faith is this hope, knowing with certainty, without any doubt, that though we don't see it, it will happen. And we have evidence. Can I say it like this? Forensic evidence. Oh, there's a big deal now with forensics. Ooh. I'm sorry. I just think about the television shows, which 
none of us should be watching anymore, but you know, CSI became real popular. You know, the crime scene investigators, they come in and they're looking at the forensics. And they're gathering the evidence. Well, that's what faith is. We have forensic evidence. And it's not, you know, in a, in a courtroom setting, it's you just have to prove beyond reasonable doubt. Uh, no. Faith says, I'm going to prove it with no doubt. And the reason there's no doubt is because we have evidence. Well, I don't see it. Well, that's called sight. I know that's deeply profound. But faith is the antithesis of sight. Do you know that there's a time coming soon and very soon, I believe, and so do you, that we will no longer need to have faith, (laughs) because we're going to see Him face to face. I don't have faith in something that I'm seeing because it doesn't require faith because I see it. I've realized it. And it's no longer faith, but sight. But here again, we have another issue. Boy, you've got a lot of issues today, Pastor. You have no idea how many issues I have. But here's the, yeah, I know, issues stuff. Yeah, I know. I heard a, a sermon about that one time. Not talking, but these are real issues, actually. <laughs> the issue is that I want to walk by sight. And so do you too. So don't look at me spiritual and everything. Everything in our human nature, our sin sin nature, that Adamic nature chafes at this notion of walking by faith. I want to see it. I want to walk by sight. Because after all, seeing is believing, right? That's not faith then. What faith says, see, our flesh says, with our eyes seeing is believing the seen, whereas with the eyes of faith we say instead, believing is seeing the unseen. Let me say the same thing in a different way. Just as our eyesight confidently assures us of evidence proving with certainty what we see, faith is the evidence of what we can't see. It's the same assurance. That's faith. That's what faith is. That's even how faith works. And we're going to talk about that next in verse 2, what faith does. Now this is interesting. Faith does for us, and others, by the way, that which proves our witness and testimony, such that we see what faith does when it's in action. Example, you all exercise tremendous faith coming to church today. You know how? Well, when you got in your car, 
you had faith that when you, well, we don't start cars like that anymore. We push the button, I guess, but depending on how old your car is, we had faith that that car would start. We put our faith in that car. That's what faith does. And then we had faith that the car was going to get us here to church. Right? Wow, you guys are men and women of faith, I tell you. And then when you pulled into the parking lot, you had faith that you were going to find a parking spot. (laughs) Takes a lot of faith. Um, Then you walked in the doors, and I know you were loved on because this is a loving and amazing church. But then you walked into the sanctuary, and you put your faith in that chair that you're sitting in, that it wouldn't at least I don't think it will. Uh, nah, no, right? You have faith in that chair. I'm going somewhere with this. Just bear with me. And now, let me ask you a question. Um, did you see with your own eyes the manufacturer who manufactured that chair? So what are you basing your evidence on that that chair is going to hold you up? That's faith. Do you see where I'm going with this? That's what faith does. And as such, when you exercise that faith, you become a good testimony of faith. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. So when we get to chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews is going to talk about this great cloud of witness. That's what he's talking about here sort of introducing us to that great cloud of witness who bear witness to faith in that by faith they, and then you can fill in the blanks. But it's a testimony of faith in the sense that you're an eyewitness to what exercising one's faith has done. That's what faith does. By faith, faith did it. Now we have another issue. I think we're almost done with the issues. But this is a big issue, by the way. And it sadly has to do with what's known as the word faith teaching, a.k.a. name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. If you just have enough faith, because God wants you to have that new Mercedes Benz. If you just have enough faith, you can be healed if you just have enough faith. Well, then you don't get healed. Well, you didn't have enough faith. I got to tell you, of all of the false teachings in Christendom, over the years, those winds of doctrines, this word faith false teaching has probably done more damage single-handedly than any of them. Because here's what it does. That faith, here's what that faith does. It says, God will do whatever you want Him to do, because it's on you to have enough faith so He can do it. Well, wait a minute, that sounds to me like the onus is on me, and not God. 
That's not faith. That's not what faith does. Faith does not say, I demand it. Faith rather says, I believe it. And there's a big difference. That's not a play on words. See, when you adopt, embrace, and envelop this false teaching of just, if you have enough faith, then what you're doing is you're taking faith out of the arena of its biblical context to an unbiblical extreme, and it couldn't make Satan happier. He loves that. He loves that. No, faith doesn't do that. Faith says, Lord, (laughs) I just don't see it. But you told me that if I would believe you, that you will do this in your way, in your time, and for your glory. And as Jesus would say, and i got to tell you, these words make the hair on the back of my neck, whatever's there, stand on end, because Jesus said, let it be done unto you according to your faith. And this is why the word faith, false teaching, has done so much damage because Christians have now thrown the baby of faith out with the bathwater of that faith, word faith movement. And let me kind of explain and illustrate what that looks like. So now, um, I need faith, and that faith needs to be put into action, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But I've seen how they've abused it and marred it, and tarnished it. And so now I I superimpose that back into my own faith, and I want to stay away from that. So what happens is I don't trust God to do anything. I don't have any faith. And if it's according to my faith that it's done unto me, then maybe that explains why Nothing's happened in my life. If I'm not mistaken, Jesus said, if I have even faith the size of a microscopic mustard seed, I could say to that mountain of cancer, that mountain of a prodigal son or a wayward daughter or whatever it is, you fill in the blank, I can say to that mountain, you uproot yourself and you cast yourself into the bay, those Ko'olau mountain ranges, I can, with mustard seed sized faith, Trusting God for that. Well, now you're starting to talk a little bit like they're talking. If you just have enough faith. Don't you find it interesting that in the Gospels, Jesus would stop everything and take notice of faith? And, and he would say, I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. Go, you're healed. Go, they're healed. According to your faith, rise up and walk. Well, wait a minute, I, I want that. Yeah, so do I. That Faith does that? Yeah. 
There's something about faith that God says, if you'll have this thing called faith, I can do anything for you. Just have faith. That's what faith does. That's what having faith does. So when I have faith and I say, okay, Lord, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, it might even be smaller than that mustard seed you were talking about, but I, I still got a little bit of faith. And the Lord said, that's all I need. Watch me now. Watch what I'm going to do with that faith. Just have faith. Okay, let's back up just one moment here. Have faith. What is faith? It is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance of it, because we have evidence proving it beyond any doubt, even though we can't see it. That's what faith is. Okay, so the Lord's saying, if you'll have that kind of faith, I know you don't see it, but believing is seeing. Because through the eyes of faith, we believe, we put our trust in Him. Lord, I know you can do anything. I believe. And the Lord takes notice of that. And the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, makes it very clear in no uncertain terms that without faith, it's impossible to please Him. What is it about our faith in Him that is so pleasing to Him? May I humbly suggest that it blesses the heart of God when we come to Him and put our faith in Him. You know, in the Gospels again, Jesus would make it a point. You know, He went to His hometown of Nazareth. He said, you know, a prophet is without honor in his own hometown. He could do very little miracles there. Why? They had no faith. Why didn't they have any faith? Oh, that's Joseph and Mary's kid. I remember him when he was just a little wee boy in diapers running around Nazareth. That's not the Savior of the world. And they didn't believe, and he could do hardly anything there, because they had no faith. I think about how many times, and I, we need to be careful that we don't come down too hard on the disciples, but how many times were they in this perilous situation, this life and death storm? And Jesus says, I mean, there's this one account, you know what I'm talking about. They're in the boat, they're in this storm, and I mean Jesus is sleeping through the storm, in the boat, with them. So what do they do? They do the same thing we would do. Wake up! <laughs> Don't you care? We're going to die. And so Jesus is like, man, I was trying to catch a few Z's here. You know, I'm kind of tired. I thought I'd, you know. And never imagine that his tone was with disdain or disgust when he says it to him. But it's just a loving, almost a, I want to say a, a he pitied them. Like, why is your faith so little when your God is so big? Oh, ye of little faith. Never imagine the Savior saying, Oh, ye of little faith. I taught you better than that. What's the matter with you? Let me go back to sleep. 
No, it's, oh, you of little faith. Little faith. Why is your faith so little? When your God is so big. Oh, have faith. Have faith. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout much of this book, Jesus is mentioned as the great high priest. Aren't you glad that you can go directly to him with your troubles? There's no need for an intermediary person to bridge the gap. Jesus became that bridge when he died on the cross. If you'd like to know or understand more about this concept, we encourage you to go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com and look for the resources tab. Under that, there's a link to the ABCs of salvation. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and saves you from a life and eternity without him. Hebrews simply touches on the fact that Jesus fulfilled all the things that were promised in the Old Testament. It's like when you're reading a spy novel and you're given clues earlier on, but then it all makes sense in the end. Would you like to connect with others in their faith walk? If you're not currently part of a church, join us at Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30, 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you might be interested in some additional teachings by Pastor J.D., including his Mideast Prophecy Updates. This is an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this current time in the world's history. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for the next edition as we learn more valuable things from the book of Hebrews right here on In Spirit and Truth. To 